Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You want to be careful around him. He's a paleontological fraud. <laughs> Nonsense. Absolute crap, yeah. Utter nonsense. Absolute nonsense. A hoax that won an award. We've got it all on the episode. Got got all sorts of hoaxes. I don't want Hitler back. You're not alone in that one. I didn't have an episode until today. I was like, well, actually, that's a lie. I was researching most of it the day before, yesterday, yeah, yesterday. And then I found out I had a day off work today and I spent the whole day just watching fucking videos and researching it. So oh, I was sweet. Like, so actually, it's going to be super fresh, you know, like it's literally. Oh, that's good. Good. That's that's, that's, that's when you shine. It. It's just a shame we're not starting till like nine o'clock at night. <laughs> I've got such an early day tomorrow. It's good. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we can rumble. We can rumble through it. Tis, whenever you're ready. Hello and welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. Your host today is me, Tis. With me, as always, my co-hosts, say hello, Bob and Beef. Hello, Bob and Beef. I really thought we were going to do that in unison. You oh. with me. <laughs> I held off because I didn't want to. I didn't want to cut in. Hello, Bob and yeah. Beef. Yeah. Hey, this is Bob. All right. It's Beef of Bob and Beef. Rolled straight into that one. <laughs> Bob and Beef fame. <laughs> Uh, how we doing obviously i've already asked you guys before this but uh for the sake of the listeners yeah we've just been rambling on for like the last half an hour um, yeah you know carrying on we're getting on we're getting (laughs) through it yeah we're good cool well and it's the start of a new series of episodes it is is kicking off again Mm. i'm kicking it off again i think it's going to be like a new thing i'm going to be the kicker offer probably i'm happy for you to do that because then that that gives me more time to prepare yeah. It gets. T- I think it's good to get tis like fresh as well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Get straight it's into like, it. It's like fruit. You want to get it when it's fresh. <laughs> I want to get <laughs> tis when it's fresh. So I think the new order of events is going to be tis kicks off the season. Mm. Then we have our wild card episode. So like the weird news or discussion. Then me and beef in whichever order, and then I'll do the one with Rick at the end. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. I think that's going to be the new the new order that we do things in. Yeah, yeah. No pressure, tis. No pressure. I've got a good sort of topic for my next one as well, so this should be a good run. Uh, last last season was really good. Other people liked those episodes. They were really good variety. 
Yeah, I went in with a heavyweight Zodiac. Uh, this one is not quite as heavyweight, but it's a little bit fun. Uh, it was fun to nice. research. Hope the listeners enjoy it. It's a bit all over the mm. place. A little bit from here, a little bit from there. Um, yeah, you guys ready to, to roll in? Let's do it. I'm, I'm, ready, to, I'm ready to get rolling. <laughs> so um, this week I've been looking into... <laughs> is that your notes? You're not reading all that, are you? Tiz has just picked up what's basically a doorstop. No, I'm just I'm just using it for reference. There's so many little stories I've got. Uh, um, all right, now I can look at it. I can actually see there's only four words written on that page. <laughs> It's like the thickness of the Bible. Whole page. Yeah. That that was like, you know, when you give yourself a bit of room just to sort of on one subject, and I never went back to that subject. It's just always the way. Um, right. So I've been I've been researching some hoaxes. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I had a feeling you were gonna go with this because you you showed interest in this on our on our group chat, and so I thought this is where we were going. But yeah, I forget who fun. emailed in. Sorry, um, I've got notes. I'll have a look. I'll make sure we give them listen of the week by the end of the episode. Hell yeah, hell yeah, they deserve it. Although I didn't use the website they gave me because my VPN wouldn't allow it. <laughs> the website wasn't secure. Was it on the dark web? Uh, well, it it just wasn't a very secure website. Well. I, I, I don't I don't trust <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> So yeah, let's roll in. Let's let's roll it. Um, what 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 do you? I should have got. I should have prepared like a game where you guys can choose from the different hoaxes because I don't know where to start. I don't know where to quite start. Let's let's start. Oh, like the mystery you board. Could, you could number them, and we could like roll a dice. Okay. Ooh. Have you got a dice on you? I've got, I've got a, a dice app. Ah, oh, so I've got right. a dice app. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll mentally number them. Actually, I've got my notes on here on the on the computer as well. I'll number number them here. I've also got I've got Junior Monopoly here from when I was playing early with Joel. He spanked me, by the way. So you could use the real the real dice. Kids yeah. are so much better than game at games than us. Like I'm getting destroyed by my nephews on computer games. I guess it's different, but that's it. Yeah, but computer same, games same premise. Monopoly, it's, refle- it's reactions and reflexes for computer games, though, man. You haven't got those exactly. like, Twitch reflexes anymore. They are it, literally you're pro not gamers. seventeen anymore, Tis. When the boys play any game that I've been playing, they like turn all the sensitivity right up and call me an old man. <laughs> Love, medic, grandpa. Sorry. Right. Tis, I was literally editing an episode of My Simpsons Pod about that episode today. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah. Syn- synchronicity there. Um, <laughs> podcast isn't about that, so we won't discuss it. Right. D- right dice roll. How, how big is your dice? Is it a D9? I've got a D6, mate. I can make any dice on this, though, I think. Go, D- go D9. Let me have a look. I might not be able to do that, actually. I might have to pay for that version. <laughs> we'll just D6 oh, I it. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I have to. Let's just D6 it until we get to um, the, the ones above six. Yeah. So what, what, I'll go first, and then Beef, and then we'll take it in turns. He's got his own dice, so. Cool. Let's yeah. do it. I'll, I'll roll mine, then. Um, so I've got a four. A four. Here's cool. what you got for a four. This one's uh yeah it's quite uh quite a nice one to go into it's 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 uh the Burners Street hoax. So are these all famous hoaxes in history and they've all been proven to be hoaxes. Some famous, some just that I thought were funny and <laughs> some cool. that you made Tickled up. Your pickle. Some that I might have made up, yeah, maybe. Real oh, or no. Is this like a real or else find the one that Tiss made up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, they're all real, but yeah. Pretty much. Um, right, let's let's get this into 
Wikipedia. That's the sort of standard we're working with when you oh, listen to Start weird the tales. Series off in style. Um. <laughs> <laughs> While you're there, you can look up who painted the Sistine Chapel, mate. <laughs> Leonardo, Michelangelo. I still don't know. Sistine. Sistine. He built the chapel as well, and he just Lady painted the roof. Sistine. <laughs> right, just waiting for my Wi-Fi to connect on my Mac, which is. Cool. Right, here we go. Come on. Load the page. It's a Wikipedia page, man. This is... I mean, you live in Bristol. How bad is it? <laughs> well, do you know what? Since I told Plusnet I'm leaving them, now my internet's just been really shit. Oh, well, well there you go. That's it. It's all planned. <laughs> it's a hoax. I have to open this door. Let the, let the waves... Let, let the Wi-Fi let the in. internet in. <laughs> 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 I'm going to wave it. Come on. Oh, God. This is the Zodiac levels of, like, season star. <laughs> what is going on? The internet on this thing is not working at all. Right. How were you connected on Skype? Well, the, the phone, the phone's fine. <laughs> the Mac is just struggling. Well, it's the same amount of internet, though. It's in the same room. You'd think. No, he's let more in. He's opened the door and let more waves in. <laughs> you'd, you'd think. You'd really think. <laughs> I'm going to have to get it up on my phone and uh, screw the image. Screw You're not going to be able to see me do this. I'll, I'll do it on my phone. This is, this is a this really is unexplainable levels of professionalism, isn't it? I really hope yeah, you leave this all is... this part in. Um, oh, of course. Definitely. <laughs> we need to yeah. pad this episode. <laughs> see, on my phone, it loaded straight away. Here we go. The Berners Street hoax was perpetrated right. by Theodore Hook in Westminster, London, England. This... Uh, this was in 1810, so yeah, old school. Going back old school for this one. Um, in 1809, Hook made Hook had made a bet with his friend yeah, Sam. I was going to 1809 bangers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, made his bet with his friend Samuel Beasley that he could transform any house in London into the most talked about address in a week which he achieved by sending out thousands of letters in the name of Miss Tottenham, who lived at 54 Berners Street, requesting deliveries, visitors, and assistance. Thousands of letters. Yes. Uh, he had too much time on his hands. So, essentially, loads of people turned up. Chimney sweeps, tradesmen, <laughs> uh, merchants, all the sorts of people you could expect in 1809 to turn up at the door, who you could not ring at that time, <laughs> but just send a letter out. <laughs> Um, cake makers um, <laughs> for deliveries of large wedding cakes. Um, <laughs> How would you know? <laughs> six stout men bearing an organ, dignitaries, <laughs> including the Governor of the Bank of England, the Archbishop of Canterbury, and the Lord Mayor of London also arrived. <laughs> um, the street became severely congested uh, that the officers, the police officers had to basically uh break it all up they'd come and uh man the streets and uh turn people away because this this guy had basically tried to get as many people as he could to the house to win the bet i see so it was to get as many people at the same time yeah yeah that, right. that was his bet his bet was to make it the talk of the town that uh, any street in london any house in london it would have been easier to just murder someone i mean that's true just easier and in 1810 definitely um 
And yeah, so Hook stationed himself <laughs> in the house directly opposite 54 Burner Street from where he and his friends spent the day watching the chaos unfold. I mean, that would be fun. Pull up a deck chair and watch that for the day. That is fucking hilarious. It reminds me of when Bart does that to Lisa when she's supposed to be babysitting him. She gets the, the giant sandwich and Krusty the Clown and Finn shows up. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that. Oh my god, I'm out of touch with Simpsons for the first time. It's like a season season eight episode, I think. Right. Yeah. She becomes a babysitter and she babysits to sit babysit Bart at, la- at short notice, and then he makes it hell for her. Um, he ends up like breaking his arm and shit. Yeah, doesn't he fall into like a quarry or something? He does eventually. Yeah, it's when it's when the the Springfield Squidport opens up, so Marge and Homer are there. But um, yeah, he orders loads of stuff to the house at once, and Krusty shows up and yeah, a giant sandwich swimming in vinegar. Oh my god! <laughs> Just the way you like it. Maybe that was based on the Burner Street hoax. Maybe. Tis, how, Tis, how did you not know this? I know. I I'm out of touch with the Simpsons. What is life? Um, yeah, it's only it's only like a twenty. Three-year-old episode or something. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, his friends and him uh, were stationed across the road. Um, despite a fervent hue and cry to find the perpetrator, Hook managed to evade detection. Or mo- many of those who knew him suspected him of being responsible. It was reported that he felt it prudent to be laid up for a week or two before embarking on a tour of the country, supposedly to convalesce. Yeah, that's that's the Burner Street hoax. Really nice and simple one to roll into. Just a bit of a prank, prank hoax. I don't like understand. It. I, I love fun. it, but I don't understand. What, like, I don't know. I don't understand how much you can gain from that. I, I mean, it would be fun to watch at the time. What did he do? Just turn to his mate and go... Yeah, see. I told you. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just rich guys living in London, got nothing better to do with their time, and just like that's the sort of life that I'm kind of jealous of. Just like, oh, they, they spent their life dicking around. By the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Pretty but much. Also, probably insufferable. And and ev- evaded t- detection for so long. Um, it's quite clever, though. You probably wouldn't be able to do it like that these days. <laughs> no. Yeah, everything would be uh, tracked. It'd be one Amazon van that pulls yeah. up. <laughs> It's it's basically an 18th century or 17th century version of like calling a pizza on your mate. Yeah, I well, guess that's so. what that happened to me and Jibs, didn't it? Really? When we were when Jibs had that radio show and I was his co-host. Do you remember FM? Yeah. And we were, I think it was like the second time we ever did the show, and it was the late 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 night show. It was like midnight till fucking three in the morning or something. And one time, like a pizza showed up for us. And we thought it was like, oh, a listener sent us a pizza. That's awesome. And then the guy was like waiting for the money. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. That is quite funny, though. That is was it good. Was it a <laughs> <you>. good pizza? <laughs> we didn't have it. I said, I'm not paying for it. We didn't order it. And then he didn't give it to us. So it's just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Oh. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had... I don't think I've ever been pranked or been... Like the doer of a prank. A the thing is, that whoever called that, it's kind of a lame prank that one because they don't. They're not there in the studio to watch us, not to watch us be pranked. They would have heard it though, right? No, because we no? it was during a song. He can't just knock on the studio door while we're hosting, <laughs> can he? Yeah, I suppose not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So even yeah, even if he came when we were hosting, we would have waited till a song was playing to answer the door. Yeah, I don't know. It was just it's kind of a pointless prank, anyway. 
That was a good one. Yeah. I quite like that. I'm really miffed because, like, my Mac won't load any pages, like web pages at all, period. But there's internet. Have you tried Have you tried disconnecting the internet and reconnecting it yeah. on your Mac? Yeah. That's really odd. Really fucking strange. Try turning strange. it off and on again. Turn turn it off and on again. Well, I, I can, but it's going to stop Ableton, which means I'll have to cut <laughs> the recording half. <laughs> I th- for some reason, it's funny because I can't see you. What? I've put a VPN <laughs> on and now it's working. Oh, well, there you go. What the fuck? Well, how does that work? That shouldn't... Oh, okay. I'm not going to question it because it's working, so whatever. It's a weird tale. It's, it's a f- well, yeah, that is probably the weirdest tale of the whole episode, if I'm honest. Um- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We've only had one so far. You're not setting us up for like a good episode with that sort of talk. And, uh, well, I'm setting you up for a shock because there is actually more weird tales where that came from. Whoa. Finally, the, yes, the web browser's working. Cool. That's good. That's good news. Right. right, let's roll the dice again. Let's get back on Please, track. roll the dice. It's your go. So did you say there were nine, nine things? Yeah, but we've already had number four. Yeah. Okay. Six. Six. No, wait a minute. No, no, no. Bullshit. Sorry. Five. Five. I want to <laughs> know uh, what's the likelihood of us getting through nine topics at this rate. That's really freaky because I already put five into the web browser and you literally chose the one that I've already got loaded up. Viva, I love that we have the same dice up. Is that what <laughs> dice roll? It's just dice roll, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, number five. <laughs> this is called the Great Donor Show. Have you heard of this? No. Nope. No. The Great Donor Show was a reality TV program, which was broadcast in the Netherlands. Um, the program involved a supposedly terminally ill thirty-seven-year-old woman donating a kidney to one of twenty-five people requiring a quid- kidney transplant. Um, after when is this? Because this must be fairly recent. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> this was um, 2007, right? So it's kind of around the dawn of I don't know reality TV's been around since the end of the 90s, isn't like it? 2000 ish, yeah. Um, after a first selection, three people remained. Uh, viewers were able to send advice on whom they thought she should choose to give her kidney to via text messages. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. So this was a hoax. This was all a hoax because this is an episode of hoaxes. So it was all script. It wasn't actually real. It was like all scripted or something. Well, there's there's a kind of a bit of a twist, but it's kind of cool. The profit uh, made by the show by the text messages was given to the Dutch Kidney Foundation. Uh, the program, ah. due to its controversial nature, had received heavy international criticism in the run up to the broadcast. In the end, it was revealed during the course of the show that the terminally ill woman was in reality an actress, although the three candidates were in fact real kidney patients. <laughs> they were aware... Are you serious? <laughs> they were aware that Lisa was an actress and participated oh. because they supported the BNN's um, oh, okay. cause to give awareness to the limited number of organ donors in Netherlands. So, yeah. That's really cool. That's fair. Like they're, they're taking part in a hoax to like raise awareness for something that actually affects them anyway. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's fucking hilarious. I mean, imagine watching that just <laughs> without knowing all of that. All of the fact that it's a hoax, that would be hilarious. Because in a way, the people that that would harm the most are the people going on the show. But if they're participating in it as well, then... Yeah, if they knew about it, then... What's the harm? I mean, if the, if you, if that, if you hadn't said they knew about it, then that's wicked. That <laughs> yeah. is, yeah. As in, like, not wicked as in wicked as in cool. Wicked <laughs> as wicked. in evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's evil TV. 
Um, wow. It was run by Endamel. And after the show, they said, let there be no misunderstanding. It would never make a program such as the great donor show for real. I do understand the massive outrage very well. But I also hope for people to understand <laughs> why we did this. It was a necessary... Yeah, that's why they're doing it. ...to get the shortage of donors back on the political agenda. I call up everybody to get very angry about that and to fill up uh, to fill in a donor form. Yeah. I like it. Good, yeah. good plan. He's relying on that outrage. He's creating outrage intentionally. Good, I like that. Good publicity. Yeah, that's good. That's a good little stunt. And uh, it's not hurting anyone. In 2008, um, the scene during which Patrick Lloyders revealed the show was a hoax with the purpose of drawing attention to Dutch donor shortage problem was voted uh, as the best Dutch TV moment of the year 2007. Well, there you go. What more can you want? That high accolade. So, yeah, <laughs> a hoax that won an award. <laughs> <laughs> We've got it all on the episode. Got got all sorts of hoaxes. And Damel did Big Brother as well. They did, yeah, yeah. Still do? Yeah, uh, no, they finished a couple of years oh, ago. Okay. Did, did they get? They must have got bought out. Didn't they say every year it was the last one though? They did, but Big Brother still happens though, right? No, only in like a few European countries. I think it's not. There's no UK Big Brother now. Thank God. I mean, let's be honest. Twenty years was too long. Right now, it would be the best time to do it. Just test test them and put them in the house. I mean, if a lot of people would fucking want to go into the house, do you know what I mean? In the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, they get to be around people. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it would be fun if someone caught it, but how would you catch it in the house? Did you see this actually happened? So, um, oh, Cana- I, they, uh, Canadian Big Brother. I think I don't going to say. Yeah. Canadian Big Brother was, like, right in the midst of the first... Yeah, wave last last March and April, and they the show just kept it quiet, and I think they it was decided, carrying on, wasn't it? And yeah, they, they just carried know. on. They didn't tell anyone, and they didn't tell the housemates. And I think they'd said like, unless one of their family members becomes ill or something, they wouldn't mm. say anything. And then it got to the point where it's like, oh, this is gone. This is all really over the world. serious. We've got to tell them. Yeah. So they told them, and I think they didn't. They just carry on. Going with the show. They carried though. on with the show, but it was like, I didn't see it, but it must have been interesting for people watching it to be yeah. like, watch this house of people who have been just carrying on as normal, finding out that, by the way, on the outside world is a pandemic. It's like Dead Set. I don't know yeah. if you guys have watched Dead Set. Um, Charlie Brooker TV series where it was like, it was like Big Brother happening, but there's a zombie outbreak on the outside world and they don't know it's happening, but they were calling Big Brother. But it's like that. That was um, pre-Black Mirror, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was one of the first TV shows he did. I think I remember watching it. Anyway. Um, cool. Yeah, interesting stuff. Big donor show. There you go. Oh, okay. I'll roll. I'll roll for the next one. So, right. Ready? Number nine. Nine. Oh, hello. Yeah. Oh, this one's a bit of a meaty one because it's going to go a little bit into not hoax. It's going to explain um, a bit of the backstory. And then I'll explain the hoax. So I was watch- watching loads of stuff about these guys today. Have you heard of the Raelians? No. No. So the Raelians are a religious sect or group um, started by Cloud. Spell it out for me. Sorry, I, I keep missing how you're saying it. It's uh, R-A-E-L-I-A-N-S. Okay. Raelians, yeah. Uh, the guy is called Rail, the, the the main guy, but his original name was right. Cla- Cloud Vor- Vor- Vorilhun. Vorilhun? Um, 
French dude. He used to write um, uh, for a motorsports magazine, or I think he created a motorsports magazine, and then he created a, a religion. Um, Classic. Classic yeah. trajectory. And yeah. uh, <laughs> the religion is basically the belief that um, aliens created us. They cloned themselves, created us in their image, and that all, all religions are essentially talking about um, aliens coming from the sky. He's reimagined, or uh, he, he wrote two books. Um, and one book he described getting abducted by the aliens, or not abducted, but like I don't know, shepherded to their world or a spaceship where he met all of the religious leaders. He met Jesus and Buddha and all of these, and they're all aliens, or they're all, um, people who had a message they're like descendants like strong descendants of aliens the you know the first clones or something like this um and he believes that we're in the aliens image and their sort of mission is to spread the word that aliens created us and to create an alien embassy somewhere where the aliens can drop down and they can land there and there's a pool and there's a nice there's like loads of nice uh, rooms they can stay in, Pool. and there's women that they can sleep with as well. There's like certain women, uh, the 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 sect or religious group, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm going to avoid calling it a cult. Um, Do they intentionally have the word alien in the name Raelian? I think I'd, it sounds like it, but actually his name's Rail. Rail, so it's R A E L. Rail, so it'd be like Raelians. Rail, yeah, that's it. So it's Raelians, but it does sound a lot like Raelians. That's what I thought it was originally. Mm. Yeah, they're ba- to, to get baptized into the religion. They upload your genes into a space computer, um, and they do this sort of every year or bi-monthly or something like this where they get new new members uh, by the way until until just now i was thinking like jeans is in trousers <laughs> <laughs> i was like they do what they upload your blue jeans into uh <laughs> yeah into a space computer everyone handing you levi's but their belief system when i was when i was researching before i saw the documentary um the belief system sounded pretty on point um Believes in like, well, I don't know about this. He said about GMO crops can feed the world for less less effort. Um, they believe in mm. free sexual liberation, uh, full equality for LGBTQIA people. Um, they practice sensual meditation, which is actually, I thought it was like sexual meditation, but sensual meditation is like getting in touch with your senses. Um, mm-hmm. they practice self self love and that sex is a gift from aliens so pleasure is like a I gift practice from the that aliens. fairly often anyway Aww. yeah <laughs> um, that is dirty dirty um, so yeah I mean so far so cool where do I sign this sounds awesome yeah and they've got like these bracelets that you wear where you can like have different colours for meaning so he thinks that or they think um, that you should like, or not should, but it's probably better if you have like a sort of color tag, which can help people identify your sort of sexual leanings, um, whether you're looking for someone, whether you're single, whether you're in a long-term relationship, whether you have many partners, whether you're homosexual, whether you're, uh, you know, copy paste all the different sexualities and stuff like that. 
Um, mm. It's like um, it's like the traffic light parties that you have at university. Yeah, for Freshers yeah. Week. Some, someone it's just on like the that, yeah. documentary <laughs> described it as you know you could be talking to someone and then spend three days talking to them and then find out that they're actually you know not after you or they're not interested in you and you, you know you've wasted those three days, which I thought was a bit <laughs> like. Not a waste, really, getting to know someone, but uh, yeah, each to their to someone, own. What a waste of time if I weren't getting anything out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's exactly. it. What a waste of time. Um, <laughs> Could have told me if I wasn't going to get my end away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I watched I watched the whole documentary about them. Um, yeah, it seems like a really interesting cult. Just thinking of the office when Brent's in the pub with Finchie. <laughs> he's like, well, I bought you a drink. That was a waste. That's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> that what I was thinking about when you said it. That was a waste of two hours. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> Brilliant. I've literally oh. just watched that episode, so it's fresh in my mind. Um, fresh is in your mind. Right, so, so far, this sounds great. So, yeah. The, these, yeah, what's the problem? Uh, there's not much of a problem, to be honest. I couldn't find... Um, I think there's, like, a thing about these religious groups where... It's sort of all about free love and freedom, but the guy that's at the top mm. wants to have all the attention, which I'm just like, that doesn't yes. quite sync up with... There's always something wrong with the guy at the top. Yeah. yeah. You're waiting for that moment where he reveals himself. He comes out of the barn, blowing a comb with a bit of paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a hovercraft. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I, I don't know. He, he's, he, doesn't seem, he doesn't seem the most malicious of leaders, but at the same time... Nonetheless, he's probably an egotistical. Uh, I've seen, like, there's a program in France. Uh, he's a f- French native, uh, but he lives in America. And there's a program in France where people come on and um, get challenged about their opinions and stuff like this. And he basically acted like a petulant child on it and didn't want to be questioned and sort mm. of said, you know, I'm I'm a religious lead. I'm basically the second coming of Jesus. I'm not the second, but, like, I'm on the same level as Jesus. Would you do this to Jesus? Would you question him? I'm here to I'm right. here to talk, not to be questioned and stuff like this. Um Mm. But anyway, all of this, uh, all of this packaging to get to the hoax, um, which is that in 2002, this group claimed that they had cloned the first human. Uh, one of their other beliefs is that cloning is the key to immortality, and also it's a key to maybe reprimanding people from history. So you, if you could clone Hitler, you could punish him modern day. Or you could clone them off. Yeah, basically. Uh-huh. Or or tell terrorists off so you could stop terrorism because you could just clone them and be like, Oi, why'd you what what are you doing? Like why did you blow that bus up? <laughs> Wait, is this so you clone them and they, they're just already like fully functioning adults? Or we could just leave them dead. Yeah. I don't want Hitler back. No. <laughs> No, you're not if you're just going to kill him. You're not alone in that one. But I don't want him around anyway. What if I bring him back and he convinces me and then we get a whole fucking other wave of Hitler time? <laughs> there's, there's actually one thing, um, speaking of that, although the swastika is a, time. a world-recognized symbol before Nazis, their actual their symbol is the Star of David with a swastika in the middle. The Raelians. Wow. But it's not, you know, it's, they they intend the swastika as the way that Indians intend the swastika, which is yes. the old way. Hitler took something and, and bastardized it. Yeah. He was cultured in that way, and he took something he just thought, that looks cool, yeah. and then bastardized it for his own own wants. But, um, totally. But you know, the using a swastika in the Star of David is a little on the nose. It's just 
you know, I, yeah. I know the intention, but still, people are going to take that a little bit, a little bit wrong. Yeah. Um, or do they do they get cloned and they get cloned as babies, and so then you have to wait for them to become that person? Yeah. Or would they grow up to become like nice? Hitler? How do you clone someone that's been dead for that long? Yeah, I suppose they did it with the dinosaurs, didn't they? Oh uh, yeah. In that famous documentary. They get the mosquito that bit Hitler. And- <laughs> what, what you said there, Beef, is the crux of the whole issue, that if you clone someone and and give them an upbringing different to the way that the original person yeah. had a different upbringing, it doesn't, it's not going to be the same person. It, you no. would Genetically the same. You would eventually. You would get nice Hitler. Yeah. Imagine that. That would really show him. That's the biggest punishment he could have. Imagine the what that would do to your brain knowing in that our, I like you're... that in our brain we're still thinking like, oh this might just be me I'm still thinking of nice Hitler is looking the same like you've still got that little tash and everything <laughs> <laughs> not that he would look like have different hair or anything yeah no, he still looks exactly the same but he's just nice well because you'd you'd have to do yeah maybe maybe if he didn't like Charlie Chaplin <laughs> but there's no Charlie Chaplin for him to like now yeah that's true clone him as so well. where's he gonna get that Where's he gonna get? You know where he gets that from. He get he get that mustache from the um, Amazon app. Yeah, see exactly. That? They had yeah. to change it, did they? It distracts me every time. It's still on my phone. That one it still looks like a tash. Oh, it's changed on mine. They've like oh, lifted yeah, up. It has changed on mine now. Yeah, they lifted up half a tash. It's just like a little corner tash. Terrible. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so you wouldn't necessarily get nasty genocide maniac Hitler. Well, it's you like it's get. like Young Farnsworth, isn't it? Clone Farnsworth. That's it. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Huh. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, that's their belief. I have different beliefs, clearly, because I'm not a Raelian. Um I mean, they're not, they're not wrong. You know, you can live forever if you just keep making yourself again. Yeah, but it wouldn't but be you. How they get from just having yeah, it's loads not you. of... I, when you said yeah, like not. cloning is the key to a metallic, I thought it was like you clone some like yourself and input your memories into it. But there's no that input isn't there. You're just having no, another go just, around but with different choices. What you've done is created a twin, which is hell. But you you it's not hell because you wouldn't be in the brain. You would you would just die. It's just another person. Yeah. The only way I could think is if you were cloning yourself and then getting transplants from yourself. Yeah, exactly. And building this body up. It just sounds messy. Yeah. That idea of immortality, I'm just like, it can't work. The brain can't handle infinite knowledge. What's the point in living forever? Literally, what is the point? I mean, why didn't they just leave it at the free sex? I had to go and bloody ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Tis, I've got to ask a question. Yeah. Um, this sounds like a crazy belief system. Yeah. I was waiting for some sort of hoax. Uh, the clone was a hoax. Oh, oh they right. created a clone. They Oh. They claimed... So they created a clone. They claimed that they created right. the first ever human clone. I forgot clone. that bit. Um, oh, I see. I've got right. a little yeah, bit of a uh, little bit of video. The, it's the tiniest Are we going to see this? Yeah. Uh, is it the actual clone? Oh, I know it's a hoax. I was getting carried away for a second then. Pour se rendre compte que 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 jamais eu de bébé puis que c'était toute une histoire euh, inventée, un canular. These are claims that are so flagrantly scientifically false uh, that no responsible scientist would ever make them. We know for we are absolutely certain that it is very difficult to imagine successfully making a human clone. So. Uh, 
you know, forgive me for not taking uh, Professor Vassalier with no proof, no baby, and no real science at her word. So that's just, it's very small, very small clip, but... Um... That that's like a little clip from CNN. I couldn't find a lot of videos on the subject of the clone. It's the YouTube. It, YouTube's mm. really fucking weird these days. You try and search something, and it will give you like maybe five or ten videos of what you searched, and it'd be like I'm finding that people also looked for this, and it's like I don't care yeah, what I'm they like, also. Where's the rest for. of my fucking results? Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Like they try. They're doing what Spotify does, where it pushes the same content onto like everyone, that like, homogenizes everything. Yeah, I find, I, it, I I find it. Spotify really hard for finding the music I want or for finding new music. It just pushes the same stuff. Yeah. And YouTube's turning into that model. They just want to homogenize everything. I guess it's because they've got their market leaders and they want to perpetuate their views. So mm. yeah. almost going on to all big fucking channels scam. with like no views, then they're just they're not gonna make as much money. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway, yeah, so YouTube's really shit for researching now. Anyway, yeah, the the clone baby Raelians. That was mental. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a bit more I than that. the hoax. I was I was watching a whole documentary on them because it was just like, oh, this is fucking weird. Um, because when I had it described to me in one video, I was like, this sounds like a really cool religion. I mean, um, free love, yeah, the free problem? love on, on the surface of it, free love sounds amazing. Well, that's how they get people to sign up. They're all going to yeah, sound cool. Of course. Um, it's always the religious leaders. I, I just don't get, if, if, you're, if you're all about free expression and free love, then why do you need a leader? You wouldn't create something, you wouldn't be a leader of something that was like about the, the collective nature of humans and stuff like that and community because without having your own ego yeah and that's what's going to get in the way of it and it just seemed like he had a lot of uh it just seemed like it was a lot about the spotlight was on him he's the special yeah, being that's always the case he's the communicator with this information but like he didn't like when he calls himself a prophet he didn't he wasn't really saying anything he was just like no. my existence is special not the fact that i'm spreading a word like jesus spreaded uh like a religion right he spread it uh, spread it he spread uh like an idea <laughs> all of those prophets yeah. spread an idea so that's and th- i don't that th- that's why they were special if they were but... they bring themselves into it so much yeah that, but for, for, for nothing it's was... just the same as jo- jonestown though isn't it yeah i guess so but he, he was a preacher he was jonestown saying didn't stuff. sound that bad from the outside this guy was literally just like at one point it was like just share this silence with me and a whole crowd of people just being silent with him it was just like mm. what well, yeah, he had nothing good yeah. to say so he tried to seem profound by saying nothing yeah so i do recommend people to go and watch um just a minute, i'm gonna get the film name up um the prophet and the space aliens two-hour documentary on vice uh it's not a vice documentary but it was uh Vice are previewing it for for whoever wants to watch it. One month ago as well, so quite current. Didn't know that mm. was so current. Yeah, okay, amazing. Could be the new Tiger Sweet. King. <laughs> um, what numbers have we had before? We've I... had four, five, and nine. Okay, six. It's actually six this time. Six. We're going with crop circles. 
dun, dun, well, we just did, I just did an episode all about crop circles, so this will be brief. <laughs> it's very brief, yeah. It's 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 just an honourable mention because if you can't talk about hoaxes without talking about crop circles, specifically mm. the ones we spoke about, which is let's get their names up. The original, the UK ones that used Dave the- Chorley and Doug Bauer. This is the one, so yeah, we have to give them a bit of I literally got my mention. notes because it's the last episode I recorded with Rick. They're on the page before we're on now. Um, <laughs> amazing. Is that what is that a revisited one that you've done recently as well? Yeah, the revisited that just went up was the mm. one that me and Rick talked about crop circles. Well, yeah, I mean, I won't even go into much. I didn't really have any notes on it anyway. I'd like so so number so this number six is see last episode. Pretty much, yeah. But uh, <laughs> as as you can't cross reference it with uh, this this is this now episode. makes it the third time we've talked about crop circles because the whole idea of the revisited was that we already spoke about it ages ago. <laughs> yeah, well, let's dive into it because I haven't talked about crop circles for a long time. Just like four years ago, but <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Four four years is a long time ago. Maybe you'll have to do a, a revisited on this crop circle one as well. <laughs> Yeah, in the 70s and 80s, all these crop circles started popping up all over the place and uh, there became all this this study of it known as uh, seriology cropped around. And uh, this is just me going off my memories. Cro- cropped around. <laughs> cropped around. I was just about to say. <laughs> cropped Not around. even using it in his proper then, context um, either. Eventually, these guys, Dave Chorley and Doug Bauer, said, yeah, it was us, by the way. We were, One of us was over in Australia. There were some guys doing it over there. We thought it was cool. They were a couple of artists. They were guys from like Somerset or something. They had a few ciders and then walked out in a field and made these crop circles. It's literally made beef with a plank of wood yeah. with a bit of rope tied to each end. And yeah. you stamp down, you hold onto the rope. So the wood's hanging like a swing almost, like a rope swing. Yeah. And then you just stamp down on the wood to crush the f- crops flat and then you do it step by step in a line. It sounds easy when you say it, but I reckon I'd still manage to mess it up. Yeah, the community, we, me and Rick sort of came to the same conclusion that the crop circle community is very much like the graffiti community. Like, there's a, there's a small handful of groups that do it. They sort of all recognise each other's style, like the way graffiti artists will yeah. know whose tag that is. Oh, I know who did that, I can tell. Yeah. And that's kind of, and there's about 10% of ones that crop up where the people in the know sort of are a bit like, I don't really know who did that. And that's the mystery 10%, but it's probably just other people giving it a go. But the yeah. theories that come around is mental, like, you know, it was loads of shagging hedgehogs somehow doing it in a certain a pattern. Are you serious? Uh, weather, tornadoes, like creating patterns, all sorts of nonsense, magnetism under the ground. No, but it's just man-made. It was these two guys. But the thing is, by the time they had um, said, we did it, it people have donate, uh, sort of dedicated so much of their lives to researching it that those people didn't want to believe that it was fake. So they no. were they were saying, actually, Dave Chorley's a hoaxer. They're real. And the mm. hoax is the him saying that they did it because they didn't want to like go back on all the work that they'd put oh, in. Crying out loud. So, you know. I mean, it's a bit of a giveaway. It's a bit of a giveaway when you watch Art Attack and you see him do the big Art Attack from quite exactly. a distance. Like, <laughs> it's the same thing. Neil Buchanan was the original crop circle. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds similar to Egyptologists when, uh, when you say that the aliens created the pyramids. They just don't want to accept because... They've spent their whole lives doing Egyptology. Exactly, mate. 
We, there is a really good Danny Dyer documentary on crop circles, though. We played clips of it on the last on the episode I did with Rick, um, but that episode is worth watching because that's funny. <laughs> Danny Dyer documentaries are always worth a watch. He's absolutely yeah. hilarious. There's a bit where he's like, "I want to believe it's that mob up there." I love it. I love everything he says because it's so ridiculous. But I feel like he's very aware of it. Oh yeah, he's quite very endearing. Like he is an idiot, but he's also aware. But he's genuinely an idiot as well, and it's quite charming in a way. Yeah, yeah, he kind of plays up to it. So there we go. Uh, crop sucks. See last episode. See last episode and the, uh, the the episode before that, or the you know however long yeah, it was. Yeah, episode forty or whatever it was when we did Aliens. Jesus, I think it was before that. Right, dice roll, please. Um, oh, right, Tiz, I've rolled the dice. It's number seven. Seven. Okay, cool. We've arrived at the Pill Down Man. Have we... Pill Down Man. about the Pill Down Man before? Pill Down or Pill Down? Pill Down. I f- that name rings a bell. Go on. Pil- uh, Pilt Down, sorry. Pilt Down. Pilt Down is a place in the UK, I believe. Pilt Down Man. I recognise the name of this. Mm. Um, Piltdown Man was a paleontological, uh, paleon, sorry, paleoanthropolog, <laughs> I'm going to get this, <laughs> paleoanthropological, yes, fraud, uh, in which bone fragments were presented <laughs> as fossilized remains of a previously unknown early human. I like the idea of being in prison. It's like, what are you in for? You know, paleoanthropological fraud. You <laughs> <laughs> nailed that first time. <laughs> that, that old chestnut. <laughs> oh, yeah. Barry's in there for that as well. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be careful around him. He's in for paleoanthropological fraud. <laughs> <laughs> There's a quote for the beginning of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Sorted. <laughs> Every now and then there's a line which is just perfect for it. You just dropped it. <laughs> I did it. Uh, so this was where bone fragments were presented as fossilised remains of a previously unknown early human. Um, the doubts about its authenticity virtually from the beginning. Uh, the remains were still broadly accepted for many, many years. Uh, it was basically someone presented a human skull as the missing link between humans and apes. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, but what it was was a human skull with, I believe, an orangutan. Paper mache. Orangutans. Um... <laughs> uh, paper mache. Just completely paper mache. No, it was um, altered, an altered mandible and some teeth from an orangutan. Uh, combined with the cranium, cranium of a fully developed, uh, though small-brained modern human. When was this done, Tiss? Obviously, a while ago. Nineteen twelve. Yeah, I mean, so obviously they still had all the technology. Well, uh, do, do they? They just thought they were going to get away with it. Yeah, I mean, back then things sort of passed through the net. Wow, well, so the, to speak. Yeah. Right. I know why I know about the Piltdown, Piltdown Man. White rings a bell. Okay. I've seen this skull. Right. It's in the Natural History Museum. Is it really? Yeah. That's why I recognise the name. I've seen the skull in the Natural History Museum. Do they not get the message? Ah. (laughs) 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 Um, Don't tell them. As soon as this episode goes live, they're going to take the exhibit down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
Um, yeah, it was in 1953 that Time magazine published evidence gathered variously by Kenneth Page Oakley and Sir Wilfred Edward Legros Clark. Oh, that's a long name. And Joseph Viner, uh, proving that Piltdown Man was a forgery. Wow, so we got away with that's That's a while. It's a long over time. 30 years, he got away with that. I think that, uh, when I was watching videos on this earlier, the, the whole thing is it says a lot more about science um mm. and also uh, some people who were talking on the video were sort of saying about how well the skull was put together by whoever frauded it because mm. um it was very well thought out the way that they'd combined the different skulls it was three different three skulls fused together essentially and the genius of the had the way they fused it um in in line of what they were trying to look for in the missing link sort of spoke a lot about that but also the fact that science couldn't shake this fraud for so long because once something had become sort of widely believed and some obviously it sort of confirmed a lot of people's theories um like darwin darwin's theory is that his he he said that they'd be looking for a missing link between apes and humans Mm. Uh, and now we know that evolution works a bit differently uh mm. apparently I, I don't know but people people in the know do um yeah here's the timeline so 1908 dawson claims discovery of the first piltdown man fragments uh 1912 um dawson contacts woodward about his skull fragments uh 1912 june um, they form a digging team. They find elephant mola, a molar, a skull fragment, um, right peripheral skull bones and jawbone discovered. Uh, the news breaks at later that same year. Um, even later that same year, official presentation of the Piltdown Man. 1913, um, Watterson concludes that the sample is an ape mandible and a human skull. Talgai skull in Australia found considered at the time to confirm the Piltdown Man. Um, so yeah, actually, so 1913, someone else had sort of concluded it was a fake, but it carried uh, other evidence. Kind of kept reinforcing that it was real. So M- Marcel mm, yeah. and Ball concludes that the sample is an ape mandible and a human skull. Jerry Smith Miller concludes the jaw is from a fossil, an ape. Uh, 1923 reports remain cons- to consist of a modern human cranium and orangutan jaw. Jesus, how long does it take for them to really get this out of science then? Um, Edmonds reports the Piltdown geolog- geology era. So that's like 25 years or no, about 15 years after the original discovery. Um, fast forward to, yeah, 1953. They exposed the hoax properly. And the 2003, the full nature of Charles Dawson's career in fakes is exposed. And then 2016, study reveals method of Dawson's forgery. So it's taken from 1908 to 2016 to really properly like pull apart everything he's done. But the way that he'd put it together had fooled so many people for so long. Yeah. This is... um. I did just look this up to make sure, like, because 
to to see this is the one I was thinking of. And I do, yeah. It's a, it was a massive deal. I see it's uh, listed here as the greatest scientific fraud of the 20th century. Mm, yeah. So it's a big old deal, the Piltdown Man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it's because science wanted it to be real. Maybe that's that's uh, that's a mm. factor. There's a, a fable for our time, isn't it? If you if you want it to be, it doesn't necessarily make something real. So it does pay to question sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially these days. Yeah, absolutely. Just because you want something to be real doesn't mean it is. And just because you don't believe something doesn't mean it's not the truth still. Mm. Exactly. Uh, so that's the Piltdown Man. Amazing. Um, Great. I'm conscious of time. So what? Should we roll through the the other ones to get them all in? Yeah, we've got time. We're only we're we're not even at an hour yet of actual episode time. Oh, cool, cool. That's what yeah, we've still got time. We're at like we're at like we're at like fifty five minutes. Um, I must have been recording quite earlier then. That's cool. Yeah, we were chatting for fucking ages. Yeah, sweet. Right, roll the dice. Uh, okay. If we had seven, we've had seven. We had four, five, nine, six, and seven. Three. 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 Oh, here we go. Bob, you might know about this because uh, this is folk- a folklore. I had to go to a, a rival folklorist, actually, called The Folklorist. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. On YouTube. Oh, just um, treading on thin ice here, mate. Yeah, yeah. I've already brought up crop circles and now this. Um, <laughs> this is the, co- the Cottingley Fairies. <laughs> One more strike and you're out. Have what you- is it this? Cottingley Fairies. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah, I do. Is this the photographs? This is the photographs, yeah. Yeah, I know about this. Haven't done a fo- five-minute folklore on this, have you? No, um, I looked. I've, I heard about this years ago before we even started the pod. It's quite famous, and um, I thought maybe one day we might do an episode about like fairy sightings and stuff. So I've had it in the back pocket since then. But yeah, go on about it. Cool. So um, the Cottingley Fairies, a place uh, in UK called Cottingley, in 1917, two girls. Um, borrowed their father's camera. Um, Is it Cottingley or Pottingley? Cottingley with a C. Cottingley. That's it. Um, Borrowed their father's camera, uh, went down to the stream behind the house, um, claimed they'd seen fairies and this and that. So they took the camera and brought back the camera within like half an hour to an hour or something to ask to get the plates developed. Um, Mm. And then when they were developed, it, so the, the father was sort of questioning them, what, what's this and what, what are these things? And they said that they're, they're the fairies. Uh, so anyway, gave the camera to them again. And again, they went away, came back with more pictures. Uh, and the father wasn't convinced. He was sort of like, nah, this is rubbish. But anyway, um, fast forward a bit more time and it ended up... Um, sort of going around these pictures and um sir arthur conan doyle who wrote sherlock holmes mm-hmm. got quite interested in the photographs he's uh a, sp- is it a spiritualist or a supernaturalist i think it's a spiritualist where it believes in sort of that you can take pictures of dead people after their death and contact right. the dead and contact these fairies and stuff like this um, so he became really interested in the photographs and gave them to a photographer, a photograph um, sort of analyst of the time. And the sure enough, the photographer analyst uh, revealed that the photos were indeed genuine and they hadn't been tampered with. 
So after the validity of this, he went and saw the girls and interviewed him, uh, interviewed them himself uh, to try and get to the bottom of it and try and work out what was real and what was not. And um, yeah, gave the girls a camera again and said, you know, the only way you can prove it is to go and take some more photos of them. And sure enough, they did. And yeah, for a long time, actually, they were believed to be real. Beef, have you ever seen these pictures, these Cottingley Fairy pictures? No, I was just thinking I'd like to see these. They're very famous pictures. Yeah. Um, I saw these years maybe, ago. Maybe I, I s- did, maybe, how do you spell it, sorry? Cottingly, uh, C-O-T-T-I-N-G-L-E-Y. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I remember seeing these pictures when I was a kid and being like amazed by them. I think my grandma showed them to me or something. I've 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 seen these pictures when I was a kid. Oh, I have seen these before. Yeah, they're really famous pictures. I can't tell you where I've seen them. I just remember. Oh. They're weird, aren't they? You can see how at the time people were finding it very hard to explain them. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not like sometimes we look at these types of things and you're like, oh, God, that's just so, so obviously fake. I mean, they look crazy because they're fairies. They're like people... dancing around with wings they look like cartoon fairies but with the camera technology of the time and all the way they would have done it like especially because they were kids i can see why people were convinced by this yeah totally it's almost so ludicrous that you'll go with it like well explain it to me they're not sort of thing. they're not shoddy pictures they're pretty no. pretty well I've done seen much worse pictures of aliens that people believe are real oh yeah absolutely and bigfoot and yeti <laughs> and the list goes on name your cryptid yeah <laughs> I guess in in the time as well, you'd only take a limited amount of photos because yeah, you're you're limited by the the film. So in modern day, you'd be like, no, take like a thousand pictures, and I'll believe it, and every angle. Yeah. But back then, it would have been like, you know, you would only have a few pictures anyway. So you'd say film them on your iPhone, dancing around. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but unsurprisingly, that was a hoax. Oh, and it was uh, found out much later, actually, um, in their old age. The women revealed that they were, in fact, a hoax. I think I saw something on TV with the women who, when they were older, talking about it or an interview. Or it might have been a TV show I watched about it. That's why it's so clear in my memory. I've, I've definitely seen something with the women talking mm. about them doing it when they were kids. Yeah. Interesting. So I've got a small video. Is it of the fairies dancing around? <laughs> no, actually, it's... <laughs> I did uh, this in my garden earlier. A guy that evidences why it would be fake. Uh, so this is James James Randi. The claims of spiritualism have been with us for years. In 1917, two young girls in Yorkshire fooled the world with these photos of fairies. One of their main supporters was the great writer Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who was a fervent spiritualist himself. And here we are by the famous waterfall at the back of the Wrights' home in Cottingley, where photograph number one, the most important of all five, was taken by Elsie of Francis behind the cutout. I'm taking the place of Francis. So you see, it was the waterfall that was the clue to the whole thing that should have tripped everybody off to the secret of the hoax. The waterfall in the original picture is heavily blurred because it took at least a 10-second exposure to make that photograph. While the wings of the fairies 
are perfectly sharp and clear. And those wings should have been fluttering very rapidly. An obvious clue, but no one spotted it. In later life, Elsie explained how she used these illustrations from a popular children's book. I uh, stretched them out, took off the gauze, the gauze, <laughs> and uh, left a bit of gauze just round the waist and put the wings on, and then we cut them out. Mm. Got it. If you want to believe it. There you go. Mm. It's like mm. the thing before. If you want to believe it's real, you will. So no, even though it's very obvious, like everything that's moving in that picture is blurry. So the wings would should be blurry, but they're not. You don't spot it because people want it to be real so badly. Well, but yeah. also if you're not, if you're not necessarily educated in photography, you're not you're not going to spot which that. a lot of people wouldn't have been then. No, even now, really. I mean, I know. Yeah. Even probably even more so now because we all just use iPhones. Yeah, exactly. Ain't got to get them developed or anything. Oh. So yeah, I like that. So, just yeah. another, not you know, not necessarily harmful, just a bit of fun, bit of a yeah. prank, but clever, really clever. Yeah, and it was like as well. The girls weren't exactly photographers; like they borrowed their father's camera, probably the first photos they've ever taken in their entire lives. So mm. pretty mad that they fooled a lot of people for such a long time. Uh, where are we at now? Dicey. Uh, so it's my my turn. And eight, number eight, number eight, the Cardiff Giant. Oh, we're stepping on beef turf now. Yeah, leave it out. Fee fi fi fum. <laughs> Did we speak about the Cardiff Giant on the Giants episode? <laughs> Did you see what I put as the promo to that episode? I was really making myself laugh. Yeah. Fee fi fi fum. <laughs> I smell the pod of three Englishmen. <laughs> oh yeah. God. I did. I did appreciate it. <laughs> I really made myself giggle with that. Uh, we didn't talk about the Cardiff Giant, though, did we, Beef? Not, no, not that I recall. No, I didn't believe we did. Because um, this one is a hoax. A hoax. Yeah. And I talked about real giants. No, beef, beef is all about real stuff, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Strictly real. <laughs> um, the Cardiff Giant was one of the most famous hoaxes in American history. It was a 10 foot tall. I think this is where the um, episode about the, uh, the Simpsons episode with the mall comes from. The winged oh, angel. Yeah, the Lisa the skeptic. Yeah. Um, yeah, purported petrified man uncovered in 1869 by workers digging a well behind the barn of William C. Stubb Newell in Cardiff, New York. Uh, both it and an unauthorized copy made by P.T. Barnum are still being displayed uh, at the Farmers Museum in Cooperstown, New York. Yeah, the giant was a creation of George Hull, uh, an atheist. He decided to create the giant uh, after an argument with the Methodist Revival Church, um, which states that there were giants who once lived on Earth. Got a small little video for this one. Shouts to Odd History. It's kind of amazing when you think of all of the hoaxes that people have fallen for. Fairies, balloon boys, alien autopsies, giant cats, women who give birth to rabbits. It's almost like we're hardwired to believe in the unbelievable. Maybe this is why in 1869, a purported giant found buried in Cardiff, New York, took the country by storm. Tobacco farmer George Hull was visiting his sister when he got in an argument with a clergyman. Hull who was an atheist, 
found it absurd that the clergyman believed the giants once walked the earth as claimed in the book of Genesis. Are people really that easy to fool? He thought to himself and devised a plan. Hull hired a group of men to carve out an enormous 12 by 4 by 2 foot block of gypsum in Fort Dodge, Iowa. He shipped the block to Chicago where a stonecutter carved the block into the shape of a resting man. He took the giant to Cardiff, New York where his cousin, William C. Newell, had a farm. They buried the giant in November of 1868 and waited for a year before putting their plan into motion. On October 16th, Newell hired two neighbors to dig a well on his farm on the precise spot where the giant was buried. They found it while they were digging, of course, and it was carefully exhumed. News of the giant quickly spread and people flocked to see it. Some preachers and theologians even saw it as proof that the giants mentioned in the Bible were real. Geologists were quick to call it a fake, but that didn't stop Newell from charging people 50 cents to see it. Newell eventually sold his part interest to a group of Syracuse businessmen for $23,000. The giant was then exhibited around the country to great fanfare, and it eventually caught the interest of P.T. Barnum. Barnum offered them $50,000 for the giant, but they refused to sell it. So, in true P.T. Barnum fashion, he had his own version of the giant built. But Barnum told spectators in New York that his giant was real, and that the original giant was a replica. David Hannum, one of the owners of the original giant, was furious. He was quoted as saying, There's a sucker born every minute. Hannum sued Barnum, but both giants were eventually found to be fakes in court. The saga of the Cardiff giant was over. Today, the original giant is on display at the Farmer's Museum in Cooperstown, New York. Barnum's replica can be found resting at Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Wow. Mm. 50 grand. That was a lot of money he was offering. That's a huge amount of money. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, Tis, I looked that episode of The Simpsons, Lisa the Skeptic. It was inspired. It says, um, inspired by actual hoaxes such as the Cardiff Giant. Amazing. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, especially because it even has the religious aspect, which they use angels in that, obviously, from the Bible. And then that's giants also mentioned in the Bible. Great. Interesting. Simpsons always worms its way into one of our episodes. Yeah, it's had like four four mentions now. So. <laughs> cool. So that that's that's the Cardiff Giant. What, what do you guys think of that? Mm. Yeah, I like it. It's weird how they just carved it out of gypsum. It's mad how the people who carved it out didn't sort of say, "Hey, we we made that." <laughs> like, yeah, that's not real. Is it quite a, sp- a particular job they got like commissioned for? So yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, mental so yeah we've got two hoaxes left yeah Beef it's your go just one or two Uh, number one going for a number one little wee wee right Um. (laughs) 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 we'll end on a big fat number two oh my days I can't believe you just said that (laughs) a little wee wee (laughs) Just a little wee wee. So casual. In my head, I was pretending to be Swift. I hope Swift is listening. That's the sort of thing <laughs> Swift would say. <sighs> when you first said it, what went through my head was, oh, does he think that we is like, that you were thinking it was French? Like I said yes or said, <laughs> oh, just a little wee wee. A little wee wee. <laughs> uh, wee wee number one. Uh, 
And then it's like in that instant, it's like, oh no, he was just referring to the fact that I'm he going for a number so one. So silly. When oh, when Bob said one or two, I was instantly t- thinking of toilet jokes. Instantly, my mind was whirring. Uh, and that's what came out. Chomping at the bit to get one out. <laughs> <laughs> I like the look of this. We've already got a guy in a in a vest. So this is my favourite of all the hoaxes. This is Balloon Boy. Uh, let's have I've a heard watch. of Balloon Boy as well, and I can't remember what it is, but I'm very ready to have my memory jogged on this. It's a flying saucer. <laughs> Ten years ago, millions were glued to their TVs, watching as this giant balloon drifted across the Colorado sky. A search is underway for a six-year-old boy who may or may not have climbed into a homemade helium balloon. It captivated cable audiences with wall-to-wall coverage. The incident, an apparent emergency. Falcon Heaney's life seemingly was in danger. Okay, how long has a six-year-old been missing? Uh, just a few minutes. His father, Richard, an inventor who built the balloon himself, sounding frantic on this 911 call. So we are sure that he's in that. Yeah, we... We looked everywhere, and then my son just said, be terrified. He said, yeah, he went inside just before it went off. He said, we had each other. It wasn't supposed to take off. Three, two, one. The family had been recording the saucer seen here in this home video just moments before that 911 call. The Colorado National Guard was put on alert. Helicopters at the ready. Flights around the area were diverted. After nearly two hours, that flying saucer started losing its lift. Five, four, three. They're trying to grab the balloon on the ground. He just touched the ground. It dropped into a field some 50 miles from the Heaney's home. Rescuers scrambled to find the boy in the balloon while viewers held their breath. I'm going to say that this kid is going to be okay. It's been a safe landing. But as it turned out, Falcon was never in the balloon to begin with. Instead, he'd been hiding in the attic at home. Later that evening, the Heenies talked to CNN, and when Falcon was asked why he hid, the little boy said this. We did this for the show. What did he mean, we did this for the show? Um, I have no idea. That interview sparked speculation over whether the whole thing was an act. Authorities began calling it a hoax. At the time, saying the Heenies, who had reportedly been shopping a reality show and had already been on ABC's Wife Swap, staged the stunt to gain fame. Richard and his wife, Mayumi, insisted it was not staged. But eventually pled guilty to related charges and served minimal jail time. Mayumi did initially confess, but she says only out of fear. Mayumi, did you actually think you could lose your kids in all this? Yes, I did. You thought somebody would actually take your boys away from you after all this? And I thought I'm, I'm going to be deported. Yeah. Then I won't see my husband or you know, kids. I, I won't be able to see them. So my focus was in a, a whole family together. Real. The family now lives in Florida. Richard still maintains that it wasn't a hoax and says he was a victim of character assassination. And how, after you stack all that stuff, throw in the interview that was on CNN with Wolf Blitzer, you throw all that together with a background you have, why won't pe- why wouldn't people go? This is another you know hit what? piece. This is another hit piece, which I anticipate. Here? Yeah. 
What is it going to take to change public opinion that you know is still out there mm -hmm. about what happened 10 years ago? What would be nice is if the media could actually go, yeah, Richard's got a point, but it's, but, but it's so biased, okay? The media continues on with the same narrative. And all these years later? Do you feel a sense still that you need to clear your name? Oh, most definitely. Still, 10 years later? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why is that still so important to you? I've lost many opportunities. I've lost a lot of opportunities. I've had people contact me about things I've invented, and the deal went south. And, um, you know, because they find out who I am. And the thing that gets me is the media never tells my side of the story. He says the incident has been a learning experience for his family. How has this impacted you all? Oh, man. It's had a very positive effect. Positive. Very positive, because I, I, I closed off our family to the outside world. And I just said, you know, we're going to go to homeschooling. Uh, we're going to go do activities together. And I'm going to be the guy that spends time with them. It sounds like you're saying this incident actually made you all a, a tighter-knit family. Yes, we are definitely a tighter-knit family. Since the incident, the Heaney boys have started a band. Their heavy metal talents on display in this 2014 music video for a song aptly titled, No Hoax. We, we don't really want to associate ourselves with that. We, we just want to rock out. You have any current TV or reality show uh, opportunities in the works? No. Do you, would you take an opportunity, a reality show, any TV opportunity? Or would you rather get out of the spotlight at this point, given what the spotlight has done to you. Yeah, I don't want to be in the spotlight, okay? Now I'm sitting here with you with a light in my face, you know, because of this. People need to know this right here, this truth. But now my, my boys, they love playing music. They love uh, performing, and it's a real passion with them. So if any opportunities come down a pike, I hope it's for them. For Nightline, I'm TJ Holmes in Archer, Florida. There you go. That is insane. Um, I was aware of that story before, but not in so much detail. I didn't know I didn't know that the sort of parents refuted any knowledge of it. So let me get this straight. They were trying to say that when the balloon went up, they actually thought their kid was in it. And they still stand by that. That's what they're believing, yeah. Nonsense. It, Absolute crap. Yeah. Utter Absolute nonsense. nonsense. Yeah. 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 Don't give me that. I, I love I just love the footage, like American sort of CNN coverage of like this balloon and you could just imagine like it was just on every news channel oh yeah just mm. it's like when that boy was down the well like a police chase like <laughs> like the balloon um so funny I, I love it that was my favorite one to research it's just bonkers it really is mad i just and they say they're not like preying on it right like that music video that the boys shot for viewers for listeners sorry they were like had like kiss makeup on um, yes. and the, the and video, the, balloon, the, the picture behind him was the balloon. It's like, yeah, we don't want to think about that balloon anymore. It's all history. And then they're putting the pictures of it in the background of their music videos they're making. Yeah, they're like green screened, and then the green screen was the balloon. <laughs> yeah, it's just fame hungry people. They just yeah. want spotlight at any cost. It's quite sad, isn't it? Yes, it's what like the West does to people. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's the it's the hustle. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand how... I can't imagine being that desperate for attention. Mm. Yeah. I just don't understand it. I mean, I like some attention. I hate all attention. But that... <laughs> no, but that's it. That's just excessive. I, don't, I just don't get it. I don't understand the thought process. 
like you usually get one person who is like fame mad but to have this whole family completely encapsulated well, you, by this you get those families though don't you they're like the prank families they're, they're, yeah. they're gross they like prank their kids and stuff oh i see yeah yeah, yeah i guess so i think of those families as similar it's like fame at any cost like just selling your own family out basically giving your they always act like the kids love it and like you see some of them videos and they're just gross yeah it's basically like mm. abu- parental abuse so it's the same sort of thing it's just like fame at any cost put me in the spotlight i do love the irony where it's like would you like to be on a reality tv show or would you like to be get out of the spotlight it's like yeah get out of the spotlight i mean you're right here and you're interviewing me but still i want to get out of the spotlight like yeah going on news to to get out of the spotlight is the the strangest tactic exactly yeah so that was balloon boy so there's one left one left and it's it's a very short one um it's quite a famous one but actually it's kind of a spin on a on a hoax that happened um mm-hmm. it's the war of the worlds oh right okay yeah do you do you guys know do you guys know about the tale that goes that the war of the worlds obviously came on the radio and in America there was hysteria where people actually believed it was real aliens landing yes because the um so very famous the war of the worlds um when it was on radio it was presented as if it was a real radio program that's like the the concept of of the piece it so really? when it comes on and it's like it's like a news reporter saying like oh there's an invasion and stuff like that and it really freaked people out it, but it's just to make it more immersive that's it yeah but the the hoax element of that is that actually that story that it did freak people out is actually a hoax really yeah yeah um it's yeah the the actual radio show um had said several times through the broadcast that it was science fiction yeah and actually at the original broadcast um it had a really low listener uptake uh, mm. it was only on rebroadcasts that it, it started to gain a bit of notoriety but the original the very original one um the listening figures weren't in line with what could potentially be a sort of mass hysteria i mean definitely there was probably a few people just like what the fuck but um because it was so different and creative. I think that, to me, that makes more sense. I always thought when I heard those sort of stories, like, is this people just, like, conflating fact? Was it more like they were so engrossed in something, doing something so different with the medium? That yeah. They were like, yeah, to me, it felt real. Like, people talk about, like, Doctor Who, and they were so scared of it when it was on telly back in the day because it was mm. so unique. That's yeah. the way I always think of people were actually when they heard War of the Worlds on the radio. And the sort of memories of it is conflated. Like, we, we really thought it was real. Like, no, you didn't. You were just very engrossed in it. And you've sort of, over the years, changed your memory to make it more interesting. Yeah, definitely. There was probably yeah. people that listened to it like, oh, my God, I bet there's some people out there that think this is real because they didn't get the memo. 100%. Uh, and that's maybe where the story might have come from. But, yeah, that I mean, it's, I haven't got much more than that. But, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um but you still get things like that where people are fooled by stuff. Um, so I don't know if either of you guys have ever seen the Halloween special of the Inside Number 9 TV show. No. Uh, but what they did on that, they said it was going to be a live episode. They said, oh, we're going to do a live episode of Inside Number 9. It's going to go out live on Halloween. Um, 
And so it starts off with them doing a new episode of Inside Number Nine. They're in the characters they're going to play for that episode. And then it you can't hear the sound and you get the technical difficulties come up. And they're, sorry, we're having some problems with this thing. And it's all like real BBC voices. It uh, genuinely seems like having technical difficulties. And like they fucked up this big stunt they're trying to do. And it goes on and on. And actually loads of people tuned out because they thought, oh, what a fuck up. And they say, well, we're going to play an old episode of Inside Number Nine because we're having problems now. And it starts playing the beginning of an old episode. And then it cuts to them in the dressing room. And then it cuts to them being haunted in the dressing room and the studio is haunted. And it's all done live, genuinely. But it's done as if like there was a real fuck up at the BBC. And people believed that was real. Really? And that, no that was really awesome. A really cool concept that those guys did and like pulled off. That's clever. Oh, I really like that. That was only a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was really good. I, uh, it was kind of what the episode was actually called though, but it was, it's the only Halloween special they've done. So if people are interested in that, it's the inside number nine Halloween special. I couldn't imagine that show being more spooky than it already is. It's so fucking dark at times. Mm. But it's well, some, amazing. Some episodes, are, some are really light and fun, and then some are just really great. Like, it's a it's a real like grab bag. That's what I like about it. You don't really know what you're in forever. Yeah, mm. one of my most disturbing but favorite episodes is the one with the homeless guy. Oh yeah, uh, Tom and Jerry. Yeah, it's it was the name so of the episode. Yeah. Mental. It was uh, called Deadline. Was the name of that episode the Halloween one? Deadline. Hmm. Yeah, I, I love I love Inside Number Nine. That is genuinely such a good program. I haven't seen it, but it reminds me of that sort of stuff. I love the concepts of when people do something interesting with like the the medium like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it comes off as well. Yeah. So there we go. So that's all our hoaxes. That's all the hoaxes. Yeah, that's all the hoaxes wow. that, that ever happened. We nailed it. Beef, did you have a favourite one? Um, I know Tiss has already said his Balloon Boy is his favourite. Uh, I kind of... Uh, do you know what? I kind of like the the first the first one. Mm, the, the house like, one. The house. The Victoria. It's just so silly. I like that. It's very I silly. Really, I really... Yeah, I just really like how... Yeah, it's just very silly. And, but must have taken such an effort. To put it all together. Yeah, because he had to write letters to everyone. All of yeah. those people. Yeah. I, really, I do really like that one as well. Yeah, I really like that one. Uh, um, I'll probably go for the good. Cottingley Fairies just because it's absolute classic. Like, I remember those pictures and stuff and the fact they had, like, Arthur Conan Doyle getting involved and, like, falling for it and everything. I like the how famous and notorious that one is. Yeah. But, yeah, some real good ones there. Yeah, there were some really good ones. Amazing. Thanks, guys. That was good. Good fun. Yeah, great way to start the series. Yeah, thanks, Tissy. Bit light, bit uh, bit silly. Like it's kind of like a weird news. Yeah, we we need light and silly though. We've got yeah. weird news next time as well. So, <laughs> yeah. and I think mine's going to be quite light. This might be a more like light-hearted series, and Beef's going to come along and ruin it at the end and bring us something really dour. Oh, hopefully not. I'll try and think of something nice. Uh, so anyway, listener of the week this time round, we should really give it to Catherine Graham, who suggested we do a hoaxes episode recently. And over the years, it's been a topic that a lot of people have requested. Actually, hoaxes have come up a few times, but that's the one that, that we got that email very recently and it sort of sparked Tiss to do this episode. So thanks, Catherine. Listener of the week. Listener of the week. Listener of the week. Um, we, so contact 
stuff. Uh, we have a new email address. Mm. Uh, I was having some issues with the old email, so I've got what is going through there diverting to this new address. But if you want to contact us directly from this point on, you can do so at WTATU pod. So that's Weird Tales and the Unexplainable pod. WTATU pod at gmail.com. That's the new email address. Huatatu. Um, what's that? Huatatu pod. With tattoopod at gmail.com. Or you can contact us directly through the website as well, uh, which is weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com. If you use the contact on there, that goes through to the new email address as well. Uh, or you can find us on Twitter and all sorts. All the links to that are on that website as well. There's also ways to buy merchandise. There's ways to support us monetarily. There's ways to do also all the stuff is on that website weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com uh, you can also go to my website which is bobshoy.com b-o-b-s-h-o-y where you can see other shows I work on as part of the Bob Shoy podcast network and so if you like this you might like other things I work on they're all different and that's fun there's a Simpsons pod if you like the Simpsons references um, and you can support my time editing and researching for this as well as the Simpsons pod as well as the other shows at patreon.com slash bobshoy that's it amazing that's it. <laughs> you've done it I feel like you've got every week you're getting slicker and slicker. Well, that was, I normally have notes. That was off the top of my head. So I, I know that I missed something. Good job. Next time, like we said, we've got a weird news episode. Yeah. Um, excited. Then it's me, then Beef, and then me and Rick have got a good one to cap off this series. We've already decided what that's going to be. I spoke to him this week. So it's going to be, I the only one that's a mystery to me is what Beef's got coming up. But of what we've got so far, I think it's going to be a good, good run of episodes. Do you know what I really want Beef to do as a theologian? I'd love um, an end of days episode, which is sort of like the four sort horsemen of, of the apocalypse. That's uh, was that pros- prof- prophetic? No, we did we did one about the end times eschatology. It was years, yeah, we did it years ago. Ah, oh, was that the four horsemen? They just give that one a re-listen, Tis, because it was a really good one. <laughs> did we talk about the four horsemen? Uh, I. It was like three years ago. Let's see if people can remember. I don't think I did go into it. There's lots of... You could do a separate episode on Revelations, which is the last book of the Bible, where a lot of that sort of apocalyptic um, imagery comes from. Mm. Um, But it's it's long. Is it like how we were talking about, like, The Office and other, like, series where they get towards the end and it sort of goes off the rails and then they bring it back for the very last bit? (laughs) Is that what it is? (laughs) <laughs> they saved a few bangers back for revelations. Yeah. <laughs> it's Do you know what? I can't re- I think I talked more about um It was about different like theories the about how the world's going to end. Oh, rapture. I think I talked a bit about yeah. rapture. Um I could listen to it again. Well, it sort of spilled over it spilled over into a few episodes because it we some ideas we're getting it round to and then we revisited it in different ones. There was like two or three episodes that covered like, it was like continuations of that ideas and i forget which ones because there was eschatology and then there was um the false messiahs and something else and yeah yeah there was there were some good ones though around that time yeah i feel like we've covered quite a lot of quite a lot of it mm. um anyway yeah, we just yeah. all the future episodes so anyway <laughs> listeners thanks for listening and tis thanks for hosting i really enjoyed that one it's cool. Yeah, thanks Thank- for hoaxing. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that was really good fun. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. So until next time, uh, hoax you later. I don't know. We, we love you. <laughs> and have a lovely week. And we'll, we'll catch up with you later.
Yeah, we'll, we'll see you soon. I love you lots. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. That was a waste of two hours. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.